The Bible Study Podcast, Episode 152. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Acts with Chapter 15. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. As we continue Acts with Chapter 15 today, we get some disagreement. This is a chapter that is fairly pivotal in terms of figuring out how the church is going to deal with Gentiles. Remember, we've had that decision already as God revealed to Peter in a vision that Gentiles could be part of the church, but there was still the outstanding question of, did they need to be Jewish or not? And Some people were unclear on that, and so we have the Council of Jerusalem where that decision is made. Some men came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the brothers, unless you're circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed, along with some other believers, to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. The church sent them on their way, and as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. This news made all the brothers very glad. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and elders, to whom they reported everything God had done through them. So they've got this question here that has come up, should the Gentile believers be Jewish believers and then Christians? Should they be circumcised and obey the law of Moses? And the church in Antioch is not sure. They're getting two different stories here. These people we will call Judaizers, that comes to be the term for them, and Paul and Barnabas who are saying different things. This is different than Paul and Barnabas were teaching, and so they go send a delegation to Jerusalem to get this issue resolved. It's a very important issue. Continuing, then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, the Gentiles must be circumcised and required to obey the law of Moses. And so these are Christians who are also Pharisees. And so they were teachers of the law, and they say their understanding is, and I'm going to assume it's a legitimate understanding, their understanding is that you need to be both. You need to be a Jewish Christian, that Christianity is a sect, basically, of Judaism. It is built on top of that foundation. The apostles and elders met to consider this question. After much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, You know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the disciples a yoke that neither we nor our fathers have been able to bear. No. We believe that it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved, just as they are. So Peter stands up, and it's important to hear Peter's testimony, because Peter's the first one who preached the gospel to the Gentiles. And Peter is the one who was given this vision that sent him off to Cornelius and the other Gentiles, who he then saw receive the Holy Spirit. And so he again relates that experience that they've heard of before, but he again says that God is showing them through that experience that he did not need those people to first be Jewish to receive the Holy Spirit. And this faith is all about being in communion with God. So if you got the Holy Spirit, what else would you need? 
And so he says, why are you trying to make it hard for them? We have had a hard time keeping the law ourselves. And that is what Paul will later write about in his letter to Romans, for instance, is that none could be saved through the law. The law basically is the set of things you'd need to do to please God. And if you did them 100% all the time, all your life, you could earn your way to heaven. Peter couldn't. The Pharisees couldn't. The Jewish people couldn't. Why did they think that the Gentiles could? That we are saved through Jesus and not through what we do. Doesn't mean we shouldn't do good things, but they don't need to follow the law to be right with God. They are right with God because of Jesus. Continuing on, the whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles through them. When they finished, James spoke up, Brothers, listen to me. Simon has described to us how God at first showed his concern by taking from the Gentiles a people for himself. The words of the prophets are in agreement with this, as it is written, After this I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Its ruins I will rebuild and I will restore it that the remnant of men may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who bear my name, says the Lord who does these things that have been known for ages. James stands up and it's important to hear what James has to say. And this is not James, the brother of John, who was executed, as you remember earlier in this book. James, the brother of Jesus, who, if not already, soon will become the leader of the church in Jerusalem. Peter heads off to other missionary journeys, and so James is the one who stays behind. James is known as James the Just, and has a reputation both with Christians as well as with the Jews of being both a pious Christian and a pious Jew, in the sense that he is still keeping all of the rituals, all of the laws, and yet he is the one who says, in agreement with Peter, no, they don't have to do that. And he backs up what he is saying through words from the prophet Amos, who talks about two things. One is that the Jewish people themselves were called out from among the Gentiles, and then also that Amos says that there's a remnant of men that may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who bear my name. And so he is using that as proof that it is both Jews and Gentiles who will be accepted into God's family and therefore will be accepted as Gentiles. And then he goes on to say, It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write to them, telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, and from blood. For Moses has been preached in every city from the earliest times and is read in the synagogues on every Sabbath. Now that is far fewer rules that he is suggesting. He is suggesting four things that they do, and he is not suggesting that they can't eat cheeseburgers. He is not suggesting they can't eat pork. He is not suggesting they keep the Sabbath rules. He is not suggesting they wear what the Jews wore. He is not suggesting a lot of different things. He is basically saying that we ought to suggest they do these things. That isn't to say that we as Gentile believers also shouldn't remember that the Bible says not to kill, not to steal, to keep the Sabbath. There's a lot of other things in there. But he says, I don't think they need to do all of the things that make us Jewish. And so 
they're given these four things. And sexual immorality, let me just pull out that one, is because in this society that they live, especially the Greco-Roman society, there is a rather loose sexual morals. The temples would have prostitutes, and therefore to take part in the religious celebrations, sometimes there would be prostitution. The marriage is not held in very high esteem in a practical sense, in the sense that it was said that a Roman man would have at least his wife and his mistress, and then would be cheating on both of them. And so he is saying to be different from the society they are being called out of, let's add in that they refrain from sexual immorality, and then adds these couple things about what they should eat in terms of the food not being polluted by idols. And that's a little difficult because the food is often coming from the butcher shop, which is behind the pagan temple where it has already been sacrificed. And that actually will cause some disagreement later on in Paul's writings. He has to deal with that one in particular. But in general, a relatively small list. Then the apostles and elders with the whole church decided to choose some of their own men and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They chose Judas called Barsabbas and Silas, two men who were leaders among the brothers. With them they sent the following letter, The apostles and elders, your brothers, to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia, greetings. We have heard that some went out from us without our authorization and disturbed you, troubling your minds by what they said. So we all agreed to choose some men and send them to you with our dear friends Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore we are sending Judas and Silas to confirm by word of mouth what we are writing. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. You are to abstain from food sacrificed to idols, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. You will do well to avoid these things. Farewell. And so they sent Judas and Silas along with this letter so that everyone could be reassured that they were of one mind. And they also put their stamp of approval on Paul and Barnabas in opposed to those who had been disagreeing with him. It's interesting to note that they say that you would do well to avoid these things. They're saying that it would be good for you. We should say that when we talk about the Bible, some people see the Bible as a set of rules that God puts up to keep us from having fun. And I'd like you to take a different approach, which is that these might be guidelines that are to protect us. So, for instance, to keep away from sexual immorality keeps you away from the destruction that it does to the family structure, keeps you away from sexually transmitted diseases, keeps you away from unplanned pregnancies, and a lot of different things. So, if you look at it from that point of view, think that that might be what they're saying, is that we think that it'd be a good idea if you avoided these things. The men were sent off and went down to Antioch, where they gathered the church together and delivered the letter. The people read it and were glad for its encouraging message. Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the brothers. After spending some time there, they were sent off by the brothers with the blessing of peace to return to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained at Antioch, where they and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. 
But Paul did not think it wise to take him, because he had deserted them in Pamphylia, and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. And so, unfortunately, Paul and Barnabas have this falling out, and they have this falling out over whether they should take John Mark, that mama's boy who got homesick and went home. And Paul says, no, let's just leave him home. It's just not worth relying on him. And Barnabas sees something in him. Barnabas, always the son of encouragement, sees something in Mark. Now, we should note that later on in Paul's letters, he will write about Mark and what an encouragement he is. And so Barnabas, again, is right. Barnabas, who sees the good in people. Barnabas, who is, this, I think, the last mention of him in the Bible, to the last, a son of encouragement. And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to leave them at thebiblestudypodcast.com as a comment on this episode, or send me an email to host at the Bible Study Podcast. You can also join the discussion on the Facebook page, the Bible Study Podcast on Facebook. And that's where I'm asking the question about what we should study next. So check that out. Remember, there's also an iPhone app for this particular podcast. As always, thanks so much for listening. The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on Scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.